Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the disco. <laughs> La discoteca. La discoteca. Welcome to Better Together, guys. It is July 7th, 2020. When you know better, you get better. 
today we have an amazing guest who's going to teach us how to be happy. Woo! So if you're feeling like shit out there, or you're miserable, or whatever it is that you are, today you're going to get happy and we're going to teach you how to keep that happiness with happiness expert, New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin. She's going to give us some practical strategies. So get ready to be happy. Our quote of the day, the desire to start something at the right time is usually just a justification for delay. In almost every case, the best time to start is now. And that is from our guest, Gretchen Rubin. My nose is very itchy right now. You know, the Greek folklore would say I'm about to get into a fight. So no one start with me. Yeah, when your nose is itchy, it means you're going to get into a fight. If your palms are itchy, it means money's coming. Wow. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for joining us as always. Um, We are excited to bring you this amazing content. In fact, uh, if you haven't subscribed officially yet to the show, please do. So so here's the deal. Let's help each other, right? Uh, Because we are better together. So I can help you um, if you subscribe to this channel, Maria Menounos. Um, that way you'll never miss an episode and I can keep bringing you these amazing experts right to you and you can help me and other listeners find this show. So if you rate and review this on Apple podcasts, that would be tremendously helpful to us. Um, but also share an episode via social media or something like that. Um, anything you can do to help us, uh, build, we are greatly, um, we'd be greatly appreciative of, right guys? That's right. We do this for free because we're passionate about empowering you all and ourselves at the same time. So please help us. Uh, If you haven't joined our Patreon, we're doing really cool exclusive content there. You can click the link in the summary and join us there. Um, We're offering exclusive weekly shows, like I said, and we're doing some really cool giveaways there. Carrie Rose, the life coach, recently gave a free session to one of our listeners, and we have another one coming up so lots of giveaways coming up in there is there something specific in there that you want to meet jeff something about aaron yeah so our guest for tomorrow i'm just going to let our patrons know if you're a listener and not a patron you should join today because Mm. then you'll be eligible for our free giveaway tomorrow um time management expert and um, the ceo of pickthebrain.com aaron falconer she wrote a book called how to get shit done she's our guest tomorrow and so um, so excited about that and if you join, one of our patrons will get a free coaching with her. So now's the time to join. Get in there. Yes. Okay. So one of the biggest issues I see with young people is time management time, um, problems. And we, not as young people, have those issues as well. I rage against them. I work really, really hard and try really, really, really hard. Um, but most people think they're working so hard and it's because they're disorganized and sloppy and so that requires so much more time whereas if you just spent time like when we talk about organizing your house or cleaning up you know that messy room or whatever that is dragging you down so much so you spend a Saturday you're like shit I have to give up a Saturday fine you do it you feel better after right the same thing with time management You know, I used to do this all the time where I would make a list of where I was bumping my head. What's taking me long? What's annoying me? Where am I bumping my head? And I would come up with solutions, but you have to focus the time. It's not anybody else's fault. It's your fault. You need to sit there and say, okay, 
I'm a hot mess. <laughs> and I need to devote some time to figuring out new strategies using new applications. There are a million apps out there that can help you be organized. Um, like we used Slack recently on our team. And I I felt like it was going to help us, but I wasn't sure. And we all spent an entire Friday. Um, we had a good time. Yeah, we yep. spent an entire Friday learning how to, you know, get things synced up with Dropboxes and, and, you know, getting everyone set up. And it's changed our lives, or at least mine for sure. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think it's game changing. Love it. Love it. I love it, too. I feel like during that whatever three hour four hour long meeting i almost cried a couple of times you think it was only three or four hours <laughs> it, it was, was like so six hours long. It's a long one. It was, yeah. but you brought me back down to earth you calmed us all you brought the zen back and honestly now it's huge yeah because it's amazing so if you don't know about slack it's one of these apps that i'm talking about that can help you streamline your life so with slack if you have a business or you have a team around you working with you on something you don't have to have a million emails going back and forth and then remembering who to CC or any of that. We have different channels in there. Like for this show, we've got, you know, daily research or guest research or, you know, press. And there are different members in those groups that need to be a part of those chains. And then you pop it in there, whatever the message is, boom, you pop it in. Now everybody sees it. So you don't have to have their email address and you don't have to go back and have your email all clogged up and it gives you a little alert and you check it and you respond and everybody's in the know. It's freaking amazing. But this isn't an ad for Slack, but, um, but you know, I'd love to do them for them because I could go on forever. But um, time management is something that they really should teach in school because I think it's like the greatest issue that I see people face. Like anytime I've had an assistant come in, I mean, they're like this. They can't even keep their eyes open. They're just so tired. And it's like, because you're a hot mess. <laughs> you have no time management skills. And then you're going to blame your boss wherever it is because you don't know. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. What you're doing. Um, and so it's it's kind of tough. And that's where like the assistant thing is really tough um, because there's no school on how to be an assistant. And, um, unless you're like a secretary and they have like secretary schools or whatever, and no one older generally wants to be an assistant. So it's always young people. And then you're having someone young. This is when I finally realized I'm like, I'm having a 22 year old run my life. What was I thinking? <laughs> this is when I abandoned assistants a long time ago and was like, I'm doing this myself. 
And if that means I can only do so much, I can only do so much because I'm losing my mind. I actually heard a story about an assistant who accidentally sent an email with very confidential information to uh, the other party in the middle of a divorce that literally lost her everything. Yikes. And, and the assistant the is like, oops, sorry, my mistake. And you're like, ah! That is brutal. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I learned a lot as an assistant, but I kind of agree with you. I mean, I would have to check myself sometimes. I'd be like, wait, I'm what? When I was an assistant, 24, 25, mm-hmm. like, I'm running your life. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. You don't even know how to run your life yet. Exactly. I knew more about her and figuring out her stuff than I did my own. I mean, I learned a lot, but yeah, yeah. there's actually no greater school. If, if you have somebody that can be patient with you, like my assistants all have become very successful because they're learning. You're learning from someone successful. You're seeing their kind of, um, their ways and how they approach things you're learning like you're getting all of our knowledge over you know if you're working for me you're getting 20 years of my knowledge yeah right so it's it's cool to be able to get that experience but yeah I've always (laughs) well I shouldn't say I've always I finally realized it after brain surgery I'm like oh what the frig was I thinking but time management's important back to the um the subject at hand. So tomorrow we are all going to learn how to time manage. It's going to be great. And Jeff's going to learn that throwing out the trash on time is probably <laughs> a good thing so I that know. your office doesn't smell. I was in there yesterday. I literally thought I smelled. I was like, I have a really powerful nose, by the way. And I was like, I was like, no, I, I would never smell like shit like that. And then I bent over a little <laughs> and I smelled the trash by Jeff's office. And I'm like, Jeff, <laughs> I know. I'm also so relieved. It had been, you know, building up, and it's just going to be, it's going to be great. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yes. It's going to um, be great. Meanwhile, I tried the cauliflower smoothie from Karina yesterday. How she taught us to do cauliflower. I actually went to Smart and Final because um, it's great. You can buy stuff kind of in bulk there. I love that you shop at Smart and Final, by the way. Yeah, I love it too. I shop there as well. Oh, I took the minivan. I, I, I was just kind of. The list on the chalkboard was getting so massive that we had to write in real little letters and everybody's so busy right now. And I was like, all right, I guess I got to do it. So I went to Smart and Final. Meanwhile, Kevin's been the shopper during Corona. I've only gone once recently. I went to Whole Foods, but I went to Smart and Final and I started collecting stuff. I had a list and then I eventually abandoned the list because I'm like, I'm just going to look at everything they have to offer and buy whatever I think we need. And so I just started going through the house. By the time I got to the middle, my cart was overflowing. Like, guys, overflowing. I was jamming shit in. And then I'm like, how am I getting all the soda and the water and everything? And um, P.S. We don't use water bottles anymore here. Mm. You guys bring your water containers and you use the filter inside the other room. I'm not going to carry water like that. It's just not happening. I I agree. That That is for our emergency guests someday Mm -hmm. when we have guests again. But I'm not doing that again. And I'm not having anybody else lift all that. It was so much. So I went in. And so I couldn't. At one point, I couldn't move the card. It was so heavy. (laughs) I'm just picturing you, Maria. I was like. And then this, this one lady 
she was so like annoyed. I'm coming down and I'm, you know, trying to move the carriage. It's really heavy. And I swear she was judging me. And I'm like, lady, I have like 18 people I'm shopping for. Okay. <laughs> so don't judge me. And, um, and she was coming up with her empty carriage and she had to back up because I was already almost at the end and she was just entering into the aisle. So she had to back up. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And she just kind of looked at me with this grunt and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's she needs today's episode, people. She needs yeah. today's episode. Mm-hmm. Grocery store politics can get dicey. I mean, I'm surprised you're not doing Instacart, Maria. I did in the height of the pandemic, yeah. but it got so expensive. I mean, just like the tip was a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's true. That was crazy because yeah. we have a lot of mouths to feed here, yeah. and <clears throat> and so it was it was a lot. And then also their replacements were annoying. Yeah, that does get I, annoying. Oh I my have gosh, all yes. this vanilla coconut yogurt we're never going to eat because they replaced with vanilla coconut yogurt. And so it was a little frustrating. And I just, yeah, this isn't the time to be spending all that extra money on delivery if you don't have to. And I know I can get in and out safely with my masks and my gloves and whatever. So I did it. But I did try my cauliflower smoothie. I took it down. It was really good. And I feel like I have a lot of vitamin B. I feel like my blood glu- glucose levels are lower. <laughs> so here's the question, though, Maria. Yeah. Did you do banana and cauliflower? You know, I got really excited to add a lot of ingredients in today, right? I was bringing back my spinach. That was awesome. And then I threw my walnuts in there, flaxseed, chia, um, a little teaspoon of peanut butter because mm. I don't have any almond butter because I forgot to get that yesterday. Um, and then I got... The bananas that we had chopped up for our shoot the other day, and I just put like two little slices. So I just threw that in there for a little potassium, I guess, you know. But uh, but it was really good. I'm glad that we learned yesterday on the show. Ew, I'm going to try. I got to try that. And tomorrow. now that I know better, mm-hmm. I've gotten better. Um, so, yeah. Um, please, can we cut to, uh, if we're talking about happiness today, um, yes, thank you, Kelsey. You know exactly where I'm going with this. I saw this on on social media, and he just made me so happy. Let's watch this little Frenchie. He's the cutest thing ever. Wait till what he does at the end. I just got to get his audio up. That's the woman, <laughs> and he's like cocking his head, and then and then he dives into her arms. I love him so much. I love a Frenchie. Oh, he's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I love him so much or her, whatever. The best thing. The little dive, but like, it's almost like. Leap of faith. It knew that he knew or she knew that it was, it was going to land on the hands. It wasn't like this free Superman dive. It was like, boop. I like the hesitation before too. It's like the, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I love him. I want I... one. Can we get one? I need him so bad. Although I'll tell you, when we were thinking of moving to Greece the other day, and we called up my god, my my best man for my wedding, I was like, "Okay, we're moving to Greece," and he's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna do it. I'm done. We're moving to Greece. I want to be in the village with goats and lambs and donkeys, and that's it." And so we hung up the phone, and I go, uh, "Kev," and he goes, "Yeah, this is exciting." And I go, "Um, shit." How are we going to get the dogs over there? Because <laughs> I'm not putting Max under a plane for, you know, 18 hours. It's not happening. I and think so. Lufthansa... The move to Greece went down the tubes real fast. No, I think Lufthansa is doing dogs. 
actually. Max is 130 pounds. (laughs) Max is a horse. Max is like a small pony, uh, like a large pony. Max would be the the game changer. Where do I put him? On the plane? On your lap? I mean. (laughs) You sail him. Do you know what I'm saying? And when he pees, it's a river. How am I going to get him? This is what I was thinking. How am I going to get him, even if he's on the plane physically with me and I don't have to put him underneath? How do I control the pee thing? Do I dehydrate him and not give him water and watch his kidneys shrivel up while he's on a plane for so many hours? It's a long time. It's a good point. I wouldn't do that. Yep. Gosh, it makes me think, why isn't there an animal airline? Oh, I know that sounds crazy, but... I've talked about it for years. Yeah. Um, my best friend Rachel and I fight over who came up with the idea, because she was like, that was me. And I'm like, no, you don't even have dogs. Why would you care? <laughs> I wish you guys could see Ryan's face right now. What? Look, he's uh, so animal excited. airline. He's so excited. The name's there. I think that works. Yeah. That needs to happen. No, I've always said that because... Um, and I wanted to start it because... Everybody wants to travel with their pet, and nobody wants to put them underneath. It's not safe. You've seen how many dogs die. It's just a disaster. But listen, if we all can fly on a a plane with them, and now you don't have to annoy the people on the regular airlines who don't want to deal with it. It's like kids. I thought there should be a full kids airline. Like Moms have such guilt when their kids are crying on a plane. And the nice people like us have to turn around and be like, oh, it's okay. We're so sorry. Do you need help? The rest of the people are growling and they feel awful and they already have enough stress as it is. You need a kid's airline, like a family airline. So I thought family and pets, like they need their own scam so that they can fly comfortably. Well, the thing with the animal airline too is if you let people who wanted to fly that on, they could like play with the dogs. Like if it was a bunch of really nice animals, I could fly that and then you're hanging out with like... Like awesome animals the whole time. Totally. I would be a flight attendant in two seconds for that airline. Yeah. Me and the animals. Uh, This I just want to be with animals. That's always been my dream in life. Um, So, okay. Let's get to our guest because it's time to get happy, everybody. Gretchen Rubin is a five-time New York Times bestselling author. I said earlier, I feel like she is to happiness what Brene Brown is to vulnerability. So she's a podcaster, a speaker, Um, And today, she's the most influential and thought-provoking observer of happiness and human nature, and her writing relentlessly explores human nature to understand how we can make our lives better. And so, Gretchen Rubin, you've got the pressure today to teach us how to be happy. Uh, It's my favorite subject. (laughs) She's like, I got this. I can do this blindfolded. (laughs) Yes, my favorite subject. How are you? I'm good. I mean, it's a strange time, but I'm doing very well. So for someone who is a happiness export, expert or the happiness expert, have you had unhappy moments during this whole pandemic? Oh, well, sure. You know, I don't think that being, uh, you know, happy or trying to be happier means that you're happy 24-7 every day. I don't, I don't think that's realistic. I don't even think that would be a good life. So certainly I've had many... Uh, a lot of moments of unhappiness during this time. Um, All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. It's a very challenging time on so, in so many ways. So how um, do you get how do you get out of those unhappy moments? How do you get out of those kind of darker moments where the news now starts to seep in and affect you and the, you know the state of the world? How do you get yourself out? Well, one thing is exactly about what you just said, the news, uh, managing news, how how much I'm taking in the news, because, I mean, we all have a duty to keep ourselves well informed, obviously. And there were days, you know, there have been days where you felt like, OK, every half an hour, like some there's some a major piece of news. But then it's very easy to fall into um, just over consuming kind of opinion and takes and it's not really educating me it's just sort of maybe dragging me down or causing me to ruminate um in a way that isn't helpful so i try to be very aware um of how i take in news i tend to get news from newspapers which i like partly because it's kind of cold you know it's very analytical Mm -hmm. it tends to be more information dense less emotional and it's finite like you can come to the end of a newspaper you cannot come to the end of your news feed Um, My husband did something interesting Um, right when everything was sort of at its most intense. um, He kind of wakes up low. You know, some people wake up high. I'm a really more I'm a real morning person myself. He wakes up low and he realized that he was getting up and looking at the news and it was just like really hard to recover from that. So what we started doing is I always walk our dog Barnaby first thing in the morning. And so he didn't check the news until noon. And he would come out with me and walk Barnaby, which he usually didn't do. So he got a little bit of exercise, a little bit of conversation, some time with our dog, which he loved. Being outside in the sunlight, getting a little bit of movement, all these things are good for energy and cheer and focus. And then giving him, getting his day started before he jumped into the news. And that was really helpful. He doesn't really need to do it as much anymore, though he's still, we're still walking Barnaby together. Um, because sometimes I think we feel like we kind of can't help what's in our environment. But often there are strategies that we can use to shape our environment in a way that can help us to be happier. So teach us how to do that. You know, I've watched your YouTube videos and you do talk about movement and singing. So if you can go through kind of the steps for everybody, if they want to Mm. access happiness in their life, how... If you could describe that for people. Well, do you want like the big overarching themes or do you want like the emergency toolkit if you need to do something in the next 10 minutes? Let's do both. Let's start with the emergency <laughs> toolkit because everyone's in okay. a lot of people are in 911 moments. Let's go for it. Yes, exactly. Right. That's why I put together the list. So these are things that you could do right now that are going to give you a boost. You know, um, this is not the deep work. Um, these are not the long term things. These are the short term things. These are the band-aids that, you know, you can use right now. So one is you mentioned um movement. So go outside for a 10 minute walk, uh, do 10 jumping jacks. I find that getting my feet off the floor, it's energetic, it's playful. Um, it's kind of goofy. 
I constantly tell my daughters, do 10 jumping jacks if they're feeling low. Um, but a little bit of walking um, does is so great for our energy and focus and also just getting out in the sunlight. We spend most of our time indoors. And even in a brightly lit room, it's a much dimmer environment than if you went outside on the, even a very overcast day. And that light goes right into our eyes. Um, it's helpful for our circadian rhythm and all kinds of things that are happening in our body. And it will improve our, our mood, our, our, our energy, our immune function, which everybody's focused on right now. Another thing is music. Listening to your favorite upbeat music is one of the quickest, easiest ways to intervene in your mood. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have, um, I, I have a podcast with my sister called Happier, and we invited listeners to send their favorite songs, like their go-to song. And so there's a Happier 911 playlist that we put together. And this is everybody's mm. like, if you have that one song that you play when you need your, like, your, your, your walk-on music or whatever, um, because that's very easy. Um, another thing is to do something nice for someone else. Do good, feel good. It really works. Um, if you can do a little good deed for someone else, I mean, even as small as, um, oh, you're looking for a good novel? Let me recommend a great novel. Um, doing something small for someone else or something big for someone else um, makes us, our lives reflect our values. And, and it also just makes us feel good. It's one of the nicest things about human nature is that it makes us feel good to do, to make other people happier. Um, another thing to do is just to connect with someone else. And e this is true even for introverts. Um, having a moment of connection tends to boost our mood. And this is even something as simple as, you know, having saying a quick hello to a clerk in a store or like where I live, like everyone's wearing masks all the time. And so people are really going out of their way to kind of wave and to smile big so that we have kind of a sense of um, uh, friendliness on the street in this time. And, you know, these little moments of connection with other people, stopping to talk to someone's dog, you know, things like that, they really do boost our mood. So these are things you can do very quick. Oh, and in my, one of my favorite things is to, is to connect with your body through smell. I love the sense of smell. Smell a bottle of vanilla, smell your fresh dog. You do. Oh, oh my let's God. talk about smell. Yesterday, I was so a little powerful. bit sad and I, I walked over to my Jasmine and there's just a few left and I went and I oh. inhaled and I literally said, thank you, God, for leaving a few on here for me. <laughs> I mean, it is like there's nothing like um, I mean, and that's one of the things I feel so sorry, like because my next book is all going to be about the about the body and reaching the mind through the senses. And one thing I've been so sad about is realizing that one of the symptoms of COVID-19 is this loss of smell and taste sometimes last. Sometimes it's kind of an early symptom, but sometimes it's really lasting. And when you pay attention to how much these senses enliven our lives. Mm -hmm. scent, it sounds like you and I are very tuned into scent, but people take it for granted. They don't realize like when people lose their sense of scent, uh, their sense of smell, they really experience um, a loss and often go into depression. It messes with their, their appetite. It, it messes with their relationships. They feel disconnected from other people because they're not connected by smell. So it is one thing that it's easy to ignore it. It can kind of fade into the background. But if you dial into it, if you really take the moment to smell the jasmine, right? You can stop and smell the roses. You can stop and smell the jasmine. You can stop and smell a bottle of cinnamon, which I like to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, baby powder, um, your husband's shaving cream, all these things. These, these are, these are wonderful. I just bought a, a, I was in the grocery store for like, I almost never go to the grocery store. So it's like really exciting now. And, um, they have a bar <laughs> of lava soap, which was what my grandfather used when I was little. Cause he was an engineer, um, on the Union Pacific railroad. So he needed it for his hands. I was like, I'm going to buy this soap just so I can feel it and smell it and be taken back to my childhood. Yeah. And it was like so exciting to do that. And all I did was, you know, 
pay attention to a bar of soap. I know. Scent is major for me. I have the most powerful nose. And so it's my alert (laughs) as well as it's my joy. And so for me going out on a hike, I, I smell every smell that's out there. You know, like those, those plants that kind of smell cinnamony that gives me like the greatest joy. But I, I also have, you know, this thing where I, I walk a certain path in my neighborhood where there are a lot of older homes because the older homes have old rose bushes that smell. The new rose bushes don't smell, right? I know. That so, is such a shame, right? It's like yeah. the same with tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, the garden, yes. I inhale well, everything in the garden. So I run across the street. I go back and forth to just sniff all the neighbor's roses. Sometimes I have to go up their path and it's a little awkward because then I see them in the window and I'm like, hi, just sniffing your roses. And my husband thinks I'm a crazy person, but it gives me so much joy. Yes. Um, Well, interesting. I, this thing, breeding sentence and certain things for durability and, and like shelf life and things. And it turns out it's very, um, energy uh it's very costly for plants to create smells and so they if they breathe the smell out then the plant has can redirect those those resources elsewhere and so it's meant to make the plant more vital um and yet i feel like i want where are the roses of yesteryear or the lilacs or or Mm -hmm. or you know um and the thing about perfume and and beautiful smells is you can't glut yourself on it you can't overdo it you can't you can't bookmark it you can't save it for later you can't procrastinate it's like now and you can't even keep enjoying it for very long it's like it's a it's a it's a it grounds you in now um in a way that very few things do you can have too many chocolate chip cookies um and you can watch you can binge watch something for too long but you can't smell a good smell what for more than probably five ten minutes and then that nose fly that that um it, you just lose the ability to sell it. Yeah. Kelsey, actually, just from, I remember you went on one of those hikes with me. I was sad one day and I'm like, let's just take our scooters and, and, you know, race around the neighborhood and smell roses. I literally just said that to Ryan. I said, I can vouch for that. She yeah. does. But I mean, honestly, Maria, you were the one who kind of turned me on to that. I'll pull Jasmine off and sit there and smell it. And it, I'm huge with smell too. It helps so much. I don't know if it's both the like, the deep breathing as well as the smell, but oof, yeah. yeah. And it's nature, like nature makes me so happy. And so I feel like when I, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and one of the things that we talked about was how can you access happiness really quickly in your life? And that stuck with me because, you know, I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Happiness, I think, 
sometimes we equate it with expensive events, Disney World or a vacation or things like that. So I had to re reconfigure my brain to say, okay, here's a list of things that if I'm unhappy, I can shift really quickly with these few things. And so I made the list and it was like smelling flowers, going for a walk, hugging my dogs, looking for butterflies or, you know, looking, going out into nature and, and taking my you know shoes off and walking in grass. And so I kept that list until I made it a habit. And so now when I'm unhappy, it's a habit. I know, okay, this is an emotion I don't really want to sit in right now. And um, I'm going to go access my happiness for free because it's available and it's possible. Well, and I think that's really important because I think sometimes people feel like unhappiness or happiness just kind of washes over you and you sort of just have to take whatever it comes instead of realizing like there's a lot of things that we can do. Now, some circumstances are beyond your control, but there are many things that you can control. Just like you say, if you're like, I'm going to feel better if I like take off my shoes and walk around outside in the fresh green grass. And that's going to like, that's something that you can do. That's something that you can control. And even having a sense of control makes people feel happier. Mm -hmm. And so even the idea like, oh, I would like to change something. I would like to do something that itself will be reassuring to you to realize that there's things that you can do. Um, I think it's great. I think everyone should have a long list of healthy treats. Um, and they have to be healthy treats like washing, walking, you know, smelling jasmine um, because you don't want to do something to make yourself feel better that then just ends up making you feel worse in the long run, like the extra brownie or mm -hmm. the impulse purchase or, you know, the extra glass of wine. Um, you want um, you want these things that are going to make you happier in the long run. But having a big list like that that you can go to when you feel like you need to give yourself a little bit of a charge, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and I like keeping it on the refrigerator because that's usually where you're going to go to when you're unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, because I don't need that Snickers ice cream bar. I'm going to go for a hike. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, but, it, know, is, you've it spent is. Your it's life tempting to reach for the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. You've spent your life researching happiness. So the things that you're mentioning are researched. They're not just opinions. These are like heavily researched um, solutions. And so let's go into kind of the deeper happiness. Um, you know, we went mm -hmm. through the 911. But overall, yeah. to have a more happy life and maybe joyful life. And like you said, it can't always be that. And by the way, contrast is so important because without the contrast, you wouldn't know what happiness is. Yeah, if you were going to say, what's the secret to happiness? I think you could answer that question in two ways, uh, depending on kind of what angle you take on the question. And the first, um, ancient philosophers and contemporary scientists agree that to be happy we had to, we have to have strong relationships with other people. Um, we need to feel like we belong. We need to be able to confide. We need enduring intimate bonds. Um, we need to be able to get support. And just as important for happiness, we need to be able to give support. And when scientists study people who say that they're very happy, what they see is these are people who have a lot of deep relationships in their lives. Now, of course, people are different. Some people want to go into a big cocktail party. Some people want to like sit down and have coffee with one friend. People have different social energies. Um, but this need for enduring social bonds is something that everyone shares. And so it's part of our nature. Our human nature um, is, you know, we're, to connect with other people. And so if you're thinking about what to do to be happier, anything that broadens our relationships or deepens our relationships is probably something that's going to make us happier, whether that's joining a book group or 
you know, spending the money to go to your college reunion or organizing, a, you know, a party or going to that Zoom call, even though you feel Zoomed out. Um, these are things that are going to make probably going to make us happier. Now, the other way you can answer the question um, about what is the secret to happiness is self-knowledge, um, because each of us is different. There's no magic one size fits all solution uh, to you. Nature sounds really important. To other people, nature is not that important. Mm -hmm. I have a friend and she said, oh, Gretchen, you know I hate the outdoors. And I was like, can you do that? Uh, like, my husband. Sure you can. My husband. Yeah. He wants to be in front of right. a TV. <laughs> so, I mean, for some people, music. For some people, travel. For some people, cooking. Like there's, you know, and then, and then there are certain things that are, like I said, you know, everybody needs relationships. But what that might look like for a person might be very different from one person to another person. So we each have to figure it out our, for ourselves. So we have to know ourselves. And you think, well, what's easier than knowing yourself? You just hang out with yourself all day long. And yet often we're distracted by the way we wished we were or with the way we think we ought to be or what other people expect from us or want from us. Um, and so I often like I'm looking for kind of indirect questions to give me insight into the truth about myself, maybe things that I don't recognize or don't even want to recognize, um, because it's only by recognizing what's true about ourselves can we make a life that reflects our own interests, our own temperament, our own values. I have to ask, you know, the first thing you talked about was having strong bonds and strong relationships. Um, how many people would you say, like, sometimes I feel like I have this conversation with a lot of people, even with myself, like, how many people are you supposed to have as those close friends? Because sometimes I say to a lot of my friends, I'm like, you're lucky if you have one true confidant that you can really say everything that you feel to is, is it supposed to be more or is one enough? Well, I don't think that there's one answer for that because I think people really do have different needs and different desires. I'm not sure I have anybody in my life who I think I would tell anything to uh, maybe my sister, but no, definitely not my sister. Um, so maybe I don't have a big desire to um, disclose my deepest, darkest thoughts, but then um I don't know if you saw the television show Transparent, but one of the things that struck me is how those that those two sisters and brothers, they told each other stuff. I was like, I can't believe that they're just casually telling each other these things. And it, it, so it's interesting how people have like, so I don't think there is one answer. I think some people want to have many friends. Some people want to have like one best friend. Um you know, there, some people really want a romantic relationship or other people, a romantic relationship isn't as important. And here's something interesting. For many people, having an animal in their life is really an important kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Many people feel like they, there's nothing that they wouldn't do to have a dog or, or less conveniently to have a horse. Like there is that group of people that are like, they really, really want to be around horses, which dogs are easier. Cats are easier. Um, but, you know, I have a dog and I was surprised by like, we got a dog five years ago, how much happier our family was, like how much happiness, even though all the research shows, oh, dogs make people happier. I'm like, well, this is really true. But for some <laughs> people, it's like a, it's like a hunger. It's like they, they just, they pine for that. Um, and if that's true for you, then, then I think that would be something that you would want. Whereas for someone else, it might be nice the way that it is for me. Like I enjoy it. And then for other people, they'd say, well, I would prefer to have more freedom and not to have the responsibility of a pet or an animal in my life. And so for me, it's not the right, it's not the right decision. Um, so I think there's not a, there's not a blueprint. It's more like a toolkit. You pick the tools that work for you, but there's not like one, one, one size fits all. I like that. I think that, um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. My, my dogs are my everything. 
Mm. And and for me, it's nature and animals. Those are the two things that make me the happiest. Interesting. Well, see, and you know that about yourself. And so, because you have that clarity of your own values that, that can, okay, you're going to move. Are you going to have a backyard? It sounds like you're probably going to want to have a backyard. You know what I mean? Whereas for somebody else, they'd be like, why don't I get an apartment that I don't have to worry about my yard? You know? Yeah. Once you know these things about yourself, it's much easier to sort of, um, but on the other hand, we don't want those to become limitations because sometimes people get identities that lock them in or can even trap them. So that's part of the tension. You want to know yourself, but you also want to be willing to change and grow. We want to accept ourselves, but we also want to expect more from ourselves. So there's, you sort of can't like figure it out and stop thinking about it. It's, yeah. it's kind of the, it's, it's the, it's the challenge of our whole lives. Well, we evolve, right? So like for me, I remember after I had surgery, um, three years ago, I wanted to, you've talked about this in your YouTube talks is I wanted to shed everything. I'm like, get rid of all the materials. Yeah. They're weighing me down. They're forcing me to have to work to support all these things. I'm going to move into a like little condo, keep it simple and not have the stress of this, you know, um, these burdens. And my husband was looking at me, he's like, I don't know if you're going to be happy without the trees and the yard and the grass. And I think that as you evolve, you can make sacrifices for the different reward, right? So for me, yes, I could see that maybe I would be sad if I left a property that gave me those sense and that happiness. But if I moved somewhere where I didn't have all the stress and the burdens and the worries, and then it gave me more freedom to go access those other things, you know, whether it's getting a condo somewhere in the mountains where I could hike and have that feeling anytime I wanted, you can, you can do it in different ways rather than kind of pigeonholing yourself. Well, I know exactly what you mean, because before the COVID situation happened, um, I was going to the Metropolitan Museum every day. I was going to do it every day in 2020. And one of the things I love about the Met is like the more. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. It went, the more I felt like it was mine, you know, like I kind of inhabited it because I was there so much and yet I had no responsibility. I'm like, I wouldn't want a valuable painting. I'd have to insure it. I'd have to light it. I'd have to frame it. Like, where would I put it? Like, who wants all that? I mean, I wouldn't even want it if you gave it to me for free. It's too much responsibility. But this way, it's like, I can enjoy it all. And it's like, I can, and I live right, like, I'm so fortunate. I live very close to the Met. It's right there. Yeah, but I just walk away. It's like, and I live right by Central Park. And I'm like, oh, I go to Conservatory Garden. And it's this beautiful cultivated garden with all these plantings and everything. And I walk through it and I enjoy it. And then I wave my hand goodbye and go back and don't have to like, you know, um, manage it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to deadhead a plant. Yeah. And so I think you're right. I think sometimes you can, you can, you don't have to, 
you can find it different ways to get to whatever it is that makes you happy. You don't necessarily um, have to own it all or buy it or have it, you know, right under your roof in order to take advantage of it. And this is, I love to read. And I mean, that's what I love about the library. It's like, I don't, I don't, I, I can just take it and then return it. I don't even have to find a place for it on my shelf, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there is great joy in that. You well. talk about happiness as a spectrum. Can you get into that for us a little bit? Well, you know, I think sometimes people think of happiness as like, okay, this is, you know, what is happiness? I need to be a 10 on the one to 10 scale and I should be there all the time. But really, you know, happiness, they say, um, research suggests that it's about 50% genetically determined. So some people are born Tiggers and some people are born Eeyores and we see that in the world that's hardwired. Um, then about 10 to 20% is something called life circumstances. So that's age, health, marital status, occupation, education, things like that. And then all the rest is within uh, very much influenced by our conscious thoughts and actions. So that's the kind of thing where you're like, I'm going to take a walk and smell a lot of old roses. Well, that's something that you're deciding to do. It's going to affect your happiness, but it's within your conscious control. Um, and all right, we're back, you guys. That was crazy. All right. So there was a, a, a mild power outage. Um, all of a sudden, I started seeing things flickering, and I'm like, what's happening? And then, boom, <laughs> we're gone. But we're back. We back. Like the Terminator. Uh, so, Gretchen, let's start back where we were um, a minute before that. So you, you talk about happiness as a spectrum. Yeah, research suggests that about 50% of happiness is genetically determined. So some people are born Tiggers, some people are born Eeyores, and that's pretty much hardwired. Then about 10 to 20% is something called life circumstances. That's things like education, occupation, marital status, health. And then all the rest is very much influenced by our conscious thoughts and actions, like your decision to go outside for a walk and smell some old rose bushes. That's something that you decided to do. You knew it would make you happier, and so you did it. So for all of us, I think that's where we can really concentrate because um, that's where we can influence that range. Um, one person might be a 7 to a 10. Another person might be 4 to 7. But we all have things that we can do within our control, within our thought, conscious thoughts and actions that can make sure that we're staying up at the top of our range instead of pressing ourselves down to the bottom of our range. Got it. You talk a lot about some simple things that you can do to be happy. Um, I, I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about... Um, um, sleeping and how important sleep is, uh, yeah. singing, uh, moving. Can you go through the list of things that we all pretty much know, but we don't abide by, right? Like, I feel like there should be some like non-negotiables in life, like the seven hours of yep. sleep. Um, yeah. and there might be moments, but you can't let it become more than a moment. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I wrote a book called Better Than Before that's all about habits, how we can make or break our habits. And you know, and I found 21 strategies that people use, and that seems like a lot. Um, but it's good because some work really well for some people and not very well for others, and some we can use at some time in our lives but not at others. Um, but one of the strategies is the strategy of foundation, and that's the four things that really lay the groundwork for self-mastery. You know, if you get these things under control, it's a lot more likely that you're going to feel happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative and that you're going to be able to get yourself to do other things that are probably going to contribute to your happiness. And you mentioned a bunch of them, just like in a flash. One is getting enough sleep. We all know we need it, mm -hmm. at least seven hours for most adults. And yet it's very easy to stay up too late, to be awake with racing thoughts. 
um, or you know have irregular sleep, what's what's called social jet lag, which is basically the way you sleep on Thursday is so different from the way you sleep on Saturday. It's as if you're flying you know from one coast to the other coast every weekend. Um, things like going to sleep at the same time. Um, I think it's really helpful for adults to give themselves a bedtime, just like you would give a toddler a bedtime, give yourself a bedtime, maybe set an alarm for your bedtime. I started getting ready for bed far before I planned to go to sleep so that, because I realized sometimes I was so tired that I couldn't face like washing my face and taking out my contact lenses. So I just stayed up, which is not good. It's not rational. <laughs> um, so I get ready well before I'm going to go to sleep. So one is sleep. Um, another is exercise. And, you know, exercise is like the magical elixir of life. It both calms us and energizes us. Sometimes people think that they're too tired to exercise. But in fact, unless you're exercising really at the extreme, exercise tends to boost energy instead of draining energy. And so feeling kind of sluggish or listless is a reason to exercise, mm -hmm. not a reason to skip exercising. Um, and the health effects of, of exercise, it's just like every day you open up the New York Times and there's a new study memory, immune function, um, uh, you know, uh, all, focus, memory, all these things. We just need exercise um, to help our bodies work properly and our minds work properly. And, um, and the, what's really reassuring is that you get the biggest gains going from being completely sedentary to only slightly less sedentary. And so you do not need to go for like an hour spin class or train for the marathon. If you go for a 20 minute walk every day, um, you, it's amazing. It, it, it has extraordinary health benefits on the happier podcast. My sister and I for 2020, we challenged all of our listeners to walk 20 minutes for every day in 2020. And people have walked a thousand miles. Their dogs have lost weight. I mean, you know, it's like, it re it's, and once you start, it's so much easier to get going. So exercise. Um, and another one is eating. And it's funny, sometimes one of the reasons people overeat is they haven't eaten enough. So you skip breakfast, skip lunch, and then you're so hungry, you just go running to the vending machine and you, you just can't resist what's there. Poor choices. Um, and so, <laughs> what? You, then you reach for the poor choice because you're so hungry. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because you're like, oh, it's too much trouble to like, you know, pull together something or, you know, like cook something. I just yeah. need to grab something out of a crackly package in a vending machine. Um, so, you know, making sure you don't get too hungry. Another thing is, you know, drinking. Um, part of the reason drinking is fun is because it lowers inhibitions. And you're trying to like eat healthy and maintain to reach your happiness. Um, a lot of times drinking can encourage sort of things that in the long run are not going to make us happier. And then the final thing, um, which I think is less obvious than the other three, but I've heard it over and over from people, and I certainly feel this way myself, and it sounds like maybe you kind of have this aspect to your nature as well, which is outer order. For so many people, outer order contributes to inner calm and inner energy and inner focus, and over and over people will tell me, the most important thing I do for my happiness project is to make my bed every day. It's not the most Significant thing you can do, but it is something that makes people feel like, you know, it just makes me feel better every day. A friend of mine said, I finally cleaned up my fridge and now I know I can switch careers. And I thought, I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. And you see this right now with the pandemic. Many, a friend of mine, how brilliant is this? The, like right when it started, her three sons came home, the grown sons came home from college and like being grownups came back home. So she rented a dumpster. And every weekend, 10 weeks of the time that she was safer at home, they went through closets, the basement, the garage, and she put her sons to work, like putting stuff in the dumpster and like putting stuff to the side so that they could donate when everything opened up again. And I'm like, 
that's genius, yeah. right? Because she made good use of this time. And I'm sure it was very comforting to like, I can't control the virus, but I can control my coat closet and just like creating that elbow room and creating that order. Um, but the genius was to get the dumpster. That was, she'd lived in that house for 25 years in the suburbs. Oh. And so she, she said it needed a dumpster. Oh, so. I'm sure. I'm sure. Right? My husband and I, I think it was last summer, we allowed my brother to move in to our home on the East Coast with my parents for, uh, it was supposed to be a short time while his place was being renovated. It ended up being a year and he's a hoarder. So we went back to our house and it was, I mean, packed to the gills, like with just junk, just like, like he's the type of person who finds, um, this was an example, uh, a basketball rim on the side of the road that someone's thrown out and they threw it out because it's bent. I don't know if you know anything about basketball, but you can't get a ball into a bent rim. And he brought it home and said, oh, I thought this would be great. We could put it up and we could have a basketball net. And I'm like, I I don't understand. My husband had to make, I think it was 30-something trips to the dump with a long van packed all the way around his head, like just with just trash. And yeah. so I totally wow. understand that feeling. And she must have been so happy when it was done. And we talk about yeah. organization and order being such a big key to happiness. I've written it in my books because for me, it is true. I need order in my house. The second I'm seeing a mess, I'm unhappy. I need my counters clean. I need my kitchen clean. Everything has to be in its place. I make my bed every morning, whether I like it or not. I do it because I want to come back at night and see a freshly made bed. And I want to feel good about getting into bed. It doesn't feel good when you see a sloppy bed and trying to get into that. Well, I feel exactly the same way. And what's funny to me is my sister is um, she's one of these people who I I call clutter blind. Um, They are the small category of people who they don't see clutter. It does not bother them. They don't care. Yeah. And whenever I go over to my sister's house, I beg her to let me like, can I clean up your office? Can I clean out your closet? And she lets me because she knows how much fun it is for me. She doesn't really care. I mean, you know, on balance, she's like, sure, it's nice, but it doesn't back up on her the way it would with me. Like she wouldn't close a kitchen cabinet door oh my God. ever if she oh. lived by herself. Like she's like, I don't, I don't even see it. And I'm like, I'm like this pile of mail on your counter is like weighing on my soul. I can't sleep at night if I know uh-huh. that it's here with all the junk mail in with the bills. Like we got to yep. do this right now. She doesn't feel it. And I, it took me a long time to understand some people just don't see it and this can lead to a lot of conflict if you like live with someone or work with somebody who like is like this but i realize it's really just a preference um no one's right no one's wrong we have really? to we have to like find a way no i don't think so okay, i have a very important question to ask you so in your research were and have you done the research on this specific area i find the most successful people are organized no, in my experience, I would, uh, there's a wonderful book by Mason Fuck. Curry. Jeff's going to stay a slob in that office now. Fuck. Oh, oh. No, uh, no, but uh, this book by Mason Curry, Daily Rituals, what he does is he it's not really daily rituals. It's really daily habits. Um, and he goes through the daily habits of more than 100 highly creative, successful people, scientists, painters, choreographers, uh, writers, 
Um, and what you see is that some stay up super late and some wake up super early and some work alone in the shed and some work in the middle of a crowded studio and some drink coffee and some drink vodka and some are very messy and some are super tidy. And what they have in common is that they figured out what they need and they get it. If they need solitude, they get solitude. If they need a crowd, they put themselves in a crowd and they so they are they know what is the environment that allows them to do their best work and then they and then they cultivate that but the idea that well if you look at the people who are the most successful you'll see this it's like because mm, if you look at that book and i think I, I, I anybody that you say i could say okay but what about blah 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 um now and it doesn't and it sort of doesn't matter to me individually or you individually because what i care about is what about me and you care about what about you and maybe i care about my husband or my yeah. you know um if he's if, he, if he's lucky if i'm taking an interest um but i don't think that it's possible and even if you could say okay 80% of the people who are highly successful according to any measure are highly organized that doesn't tell you anything if you're one of the 20% and it doesn't really tell you anything other than people are different um, most people are right-handed, but I'm one of the ten, uh, one out of every ten that's left-handed. Am I wrong? No, I just do things in a different way. No one's right, no one's wrong, but we have to figure out a way that right-handed people and left-handed people can make use of a, you know, a, a, a writing desk, which I can tell you from college there was not enough attention paid to left-handed people at that yeah. time. Now, fortunately, that we type. Right. It doesn't matter if you're left-handed or right-handed. Okay, big but how, what is the percentage of successful hoarders? Well, hoarding, hoarding <laughs> is really a mental, it's a mental illness. Okay. Um, there's, there's, there's pack rats, you know, there's people who are very sentimental and have a hard time getting rid of things. Hoarding is really something different um, and, and, and feeds into other kinds of um, issues that people face. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't, it isn't part of the kind of ordinary spectrum. It's something different. Okay. Okay. So, so, and I think what you described is not in what a person would say is kind of ordinary pack ratness. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking about all the people in my life right now. There were many, many people in my head as I'm asking some of these questions, but I wonder, you know, when you think of, there, there are, there are checklists for hoarding. If like, you're wondering, is this person like a true hoarder? Um, there's, it's, it's pretty easy. Like that's very, that's very identified. I was obsessed with the show. So I think I've got the checklist down at this point. Um, I thought that show was, I mean, eventually I couldn't watch it anymore. It was, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. It was like the news. It just got too depressing, but it was a novelty at first. Um, I do think that when, whenever we have, um, organization experts or time management experts, you get to see that people who are disorganized spend, a lot more time on things than organized people because they're sloppy. And, mm. and so I feel like it, it, well, there is something there. What you consider, what you consider disorganized, they would, they say that it's disorganized because they might say, well, I know where everything is in all these piles and I don't have to look for something. And I feel like unexpected juxtapositions stimulate my creativity because I, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of times when people set up this research, they kind of set it up to suit themselves. Like the people Ooh. who become organization experts are the kind of people who love Marie Kondo. Um, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like the way, you, uh, well, I won't even get into like moderators and abstainers, but, um, but like, so, and, and also I think sometimes like organization itself, it's like, what do you mean by that? One of the ways I think about it is simplicity lovers and abundance lovers. So clearly you and I are simplicity lovers. We like 
things being organized, probably lots of clear counters, bare shelves, a lot of room, a lot of room in the closet, a lot of, you know, and, and I, at least as for me as a simplicity lover, I don't like a lot of buzz. I don't like a lot of profusion. I like things very quiet and calm, but abundance lovers, they like collections and profusions ah! and a lot going on ah! and piles and like collections and like a lot of stuff on the, uh, uh, you know, on the counter. And it's not, or like I walked into a friend's kitchen and lined up on her counter. It was like a spoon stand, a bottle of Advil, uh, a couple bottles of like fancy olive oil. I mean, it, it was all out. And I'm like, ooh, can we just put this in a cabinet like <laughs> and clear off your counter? She's like, no, I like having it out. Well, who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah. She says it's more convenient for her. She sees it. It's right out there. I'm like putting it behind a cabinet. Arguably, my way is less convenient. So it's not that one person's right and one person's wrong. It's that I think there are preferences. Now, are there people who are disorganized and who can never find anything? Of course you're right. Yeah. There are. And there are people who cannot find their keys to save their lives. And you think, and I mean, I'm exasperated by those people, you know, as much I, as I 100% agree. So like everything, every medicine can become poison and mm -hmm. everything can become too much. But I do think, I do see where, like, if there's a boss like me who's a simplicity lover, it's very tempting to walk around the office and say things like, a cluttered desk means a cluttered mind. Get all this stuff put yes, away. That's well, that's me what works Kevin. for me. That's the environment that works for me. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's necessarily the best environment for someone else. Interesting. And so, so I think often we want to argue, I'm right, you're wrong. When really it's like, this works for me, what works for you? I'm so getting checked right now. This is hilarious. Um, oh, okay. I, no, poor Jeff is like, I'm vindicated. Oh, I good. can just I'm leave glad. my shit everywhere. And, no, but I'm not saying just, it's clutter is like, clutter is things that you don't need, don't use, don't love, or things that yeah. are completely out of place. But I think a lot of things that to you and me would look cluttered do not seem cluttered to the person who owns them. My daughter yeah. is an abundance lover. She's 15 years old. I walk into her room and I'm like, it's like my eyeballs hurt because yeah. it's just stuff everywhere. But she's deliberately put everything. She loves the way it looks. It's carefully arranged. If I move one thing, she knows. <laughs> it's not clutter to her. Yeah. It's mindful. It's purposeful. It's pleasing. Well, and, I, it's, I, and it's not inconvenient for her. It doesn't get in her way or slow her down. I get it because when I first met my husband... I I remember actually when we first lived in our we lived in our first house and we were moving he looked at me and he goes you poor thing and there were like a million to-do lists and and I'm like someone my shadow self is a mess right so like my like if I was to do shadow work it's because I know I'm raging against the side of me that is disorganized and you know the daughter of hoarders <laughs> <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I'm always raging against it because it doesn't make me feel good. And I know it's not how I want to be. So I have to rage against and work so hard to keep it away. Um, so, yeah. Well, so then for you, it might really be upsetting to be not just kind of annoying, but actually oh, no. like, me throw up. like a grating noise that you can't stand. Yes, because I to be around that environment. And again, that's just to say, for whatever reason, I can't work like this. Yeah. And so... Can you please try to respect that out of out of consideration, not yeah. because I'm right and you're wrong, but out of consideration, because this is how I can do my best work. And often people will say, like, I'm not going to concede that you're right, but I'm happy to do 
things that will make this more comfortable for you. Yeah. Because I'm a nice person. Yeah. And that's very different so from before, sort of saying there's an answer. Before we move on from this subject, because my husband is going to say, I don't believe this. I believe we're right. And disorganized people work the hardest. Um, I just want you to tell me from your research that we are correct or we are wrong. Well, I don't it's, see the word disorganized is, is ambiguous because I don't know <laughs> by disorganized. Do you mean hot things in the wrong place? People who or are do a hot you mess. Mean, and their shit's well, my everywhere. Sister is, I mean, my sister is the most cluttery person that I know, and she's incredibly effective and successful. So, you know, like she might say, why would I spend half an hour of useful time a day closing kitchen and cabinet doors and sorting out my mail? When I could spend that time doing something else, you know what I mean? Or, or she, maybe they're just, happier. I, I mean, she's happier for her. I wouldn't be happier like that. <laughs> but it's like, but I don't understand why it has to be a rule that's true for everyone. Yeah. No, I just thought, I, I mean, my husband has brainwashed me into believing that. So I thought it was true. I blame him. Um, I mean, looking for lost objects is like, that's not good for anyone. And there are people like you, most people can use systems to find things. And then some people really can't. Um, but then there's usually workarounds. Like there's a, there's a, um, gosh, I forget what it's called. Um, maybe you know it. It's, you put it on your keychain, oh, yeah. like your keys or, or your wallet or your phone or anything that you lose. And then you can activate it. And so it's like your phone that can, you because it's like some people just cannot remember where they put things yeah and they can't put it in the key bowl every time or whatever um so there's workarounds um if, for people who really can't um but disorganized uh it's kind i mean it's if the person themselves is saying i am disorganized or you're saying you're disorganized because a lot of times you tell people they're disorganized and they're like, but I'm not disorganized, right? Haven't you been in, or in arguments like that? No, yeah. Some people admit it and some people are like, no, it's totally, I, it's organized for me. It's yeah. Like, well, if you can always find things when you want them, like. What's the issue? Why do I have to tell you that you have to use an alphabetical filing system? Yeah. This mm -hmm. is so true and very educational. I never would have thought that this was the conversation we were going to have today. <laughs> and I think it's really important. Um, but you know, my heart is with you. I, that is where my heart is. I am with you hundred percent. I am so judgy in my own life. Like I want everybody. It's very hard for me not to tell people to like clear their counters. Yeah. That's my sister. Yeah, I no, I, I get beg it. Her. <laughs> before I before we go, though, and I feel like we're going to have to hopefully try to get you on this show more because I think you have so much important information for our, for our listeners. But one of the things you said that struck me so much and I think is so important, especially for women, um, you were talking about stressful periods in one's life and the um, kind of instinct to unload and you talk about rather than unloading, adding more work, like challenging work that can, you know, um, you know, give you more novelty. So to do more, not less, this blew me away. And I, I can't let you go without understanding this. Oh, well, this is this sort of counterintuitive thing that I first noticed in my own life. And then I realized that it was it, that a lot of people experience this is exactly what you're saying. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel burnt out, a lot of times the instinct is to say, okay, I got to throw stuff overboard. I've got to eliminate. I've got to get off these positions. I got to get off these boards. I got to quit this committee. I've got to turn down this assignment. I need to lighten my load. 
And sometimes that's absolutely true. However, I've often experienced myself, and I know many people, and I've talked to many people who have experienced the same thing, is that sometimes by reaching out for something new, something exciting, something challenging, we kind of, you know, it's that weird thing of like, there's always somehow more time if you have more. It's like, you know, you break your leg and you're like, I don't have time for this. And it's like, but somehow magically you have time if you have to have time. Um, you add something and it can be a source of energy and excitement. And again, that sense of self-control and self-efficacy, that's so exciting. And sometimes just the novelty of something and the challenge of like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. I've talked to so many people where it's like they were really burnt out and really overwhelmed. So they added something like a side hustle. You know, many people have side hustles and what they find is like they have their day job and now they have a side hustle too. And yet they feel energized by it. And they feel like even their day job is getting energized by it because it's doing something new. It's exercising a different part of your brain. For some people adding this new project is something that maybe was missing from their life in a way um, like music. I think many people who love music, they did it a lot when they were younger. Cause when you're young, it's like you have lessons and you have band at school and your friends have a band, you know, a, a jazz band or whatever. Um, but then as you get older, that can slip away. And I've talked to many people where like, they were super busy. They have work, they have family, whatever. And then they start taking lessons again, or they have a band with their friends. I have a friend who plays the drums in an English, um, in an English, uh, I mean, in an Irish band, and they play at Irish pubs around New York City every week. And it's like, it's the light of his life. Yeah. You know, it's such an engine of happiness for him. Now you could say it's more work, it's more meetings, it's more, you know, scheduling, it's less leisure. And yet, it completely lights up the rest of his life. So sometimes we can Sometimes we need to take things away, but sometimes we need to add something. Um, and that can be really exciting. I think that's amazing. I, um, I added guitar lessons a couple of years ago and ballroom dancing and it made yes. me so happy. See, there you go. Yeah. And did you find that it felt like the time opened up to allow those things to slip in? Yeah. And it was meditative for me because those things require your full focus. So you can't uh -huh. be tweeting or thinking of other things. You're in it because you have to learn it. And mm -hmm. so it was a meditative process for me. And so mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, we had um, uh, an expert on the other day who talked about um, the importance of play, especially for yes. adults. And yes. I think what you're saying is, you know, as you become adults, you have this kind of vision of what an adult is and that doesn't mm -hmm. include play anymore unless you have kids and you're playing with them but you know we need play still too and that's what I think when I when I heard this the novelty of something else like if you're burnt out over here yeah. um, we also had another expert that said something similar to this I can't remember what it was now but adding something that's going to give you a new um a new Identity. kind of, yeah, excitement. It fills your cup in a different way because you're, you're challenging yourself. And I always find that my best moments in my life is when I've tried something new and it's like, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Oh, that was awesome. Oh, okay, cool. I did it. And so yeah. that it's in that, it's in that kind of sink or swim moment where you mm -hmm. find the most elation and the most satisfaction. 
Yeah. And that's one thing that surprised me when I was doing the happiness research is I thought I love familiarity and mastery. And the research shows that novelty and challenge make people happier, but I don't think that's true for me. And I, I found exactly what you said. Novelty and challenge are things that tend to make people happier. And it it's, can be frustrating. It can be confusing. You can feel dumb. You can feel scared. And then you get through it. And it's often exhilarating. But here's a question to the question of play, because I've talked to many adults and they're kind of like, I don't even really know what I would do for play. I mean, I have fun with my family, but it's like, is there really fun for the whole family? Maybe, maybe not. Um, how do you get in touch with what's fun for you if you don't remember, if you don't know? One of the questions to ask yourself is what did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? Mm -hmm. Because whatever you did for fun then is probably something you would enjoy now. So what I did is I would copy my favorite quotations in blank books and then glue in an illustration that I had cut out from a magazine. I did this for hours and hours and hours for years. I still have them all, all these blank books. And now I have a moment of happiness newsletter where every weekday I send out a, a, one of my favorite quotations about happiness or human nature. And I get exactly the same pleasure out of like copying the quotations and putting them in line. It's exactly the same thing that I did when I was 10 years old. And yeah. I love it. It's just adapted to my adult life. So what did you like to do when, for fun when you were 10 years old? I did have to do this exercise and it was, it was singing and playing instruments, even though I didn't have formal lessons and I wanted to have dance classes, but we couldn't afford that. And I had to go to work with my parents when I was younger. So it was the stuff I never got to do, but always wanted to do oh, yes. that I decided to, you know, we were janitors and we had to go to work with my parents and we were too poor for any of that stuff. So I was like, Oh, I never got to learn an instrument. I'm going to learn an instrument. I'm going to take ballroom dancing classes because I know. I love that. Yeah. And not saying, well, I missed my chance. Yeah. That, that, that window closed. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll, I know I loved playing sports. Um, so pickleball is something that I love. And it's the fastest growing sport in our country anyhow. Um, FYI. But I, I, love, I love activity. I love playing. And for me, I could play all day, you know, that, that just makes me so happy. And so, yeah. I have a friend who grew up poor and his parents were very, they didn't, they, they didn't want to buy him anything anyway. And as an adult, he said he went out one day and he just bought himself all the toys that he'd ever wanted. Like all the things that he really, really, really wanted. Oh, that's funny. Like, I'm just going to buy them and have them. And it kind of reclaimed them for himself. Yeah. And I thought that's a beautiful gesture. Yeah you know, to the child that you were. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So many amazing, um, nuggets in here for people who want to access happiness, um, who may be overwhelmed and think that doing less is better. Um, and of course now we know when I'm done with this show, I'm going to have to go apologize to Jeff for trying to force my organization and cleanliness onto him. Um, and so, uh, Gretchen, this has been an amazing and one of my favorite episodes, maybe my favorite ever. So thank oh. you. Well, I so enjoyed the chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Hopefully you'll come back because there's like pages of stuff that we didn't get to, but, um, <laughs> we've got to talk about, we've got to talk about scent and perfume and flowers. Yes. Never enough. Yes, Absolutely. yes, yes. So thank you. And we will, um, we will, um, hopefully get you back soon and we can talk about all of that. Of course, if you don't have her new book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, it's available wherever books are sold. And uh, we didn't get to the four tendencies, but if you want to know which of the four tendencies you are, you can take the quiz on Gretchen's website, which I don't have right here, but Jeff will say it and hopefully won't be an echo. 
uh, just GretchenRubin.com. There you go. GretchenRubin.com. Thank you, Or you Gretchen. can go, if you want to go straight there, it's quiz.gretchenrubin.com to find out if you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or rebel. We will put that in the summary in a link so people can just click. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for bearing with us with our uh, mini power outage. It's our first power outage, guys. Hey. Hey. First for everything. Let's celebrate. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. I so enjoyed it. Um, That was so cool. Um, Yeah, Jeff, for some reason you had an echo. You probably had the Zoom and the other thing on. Yes. Steven was in here to remind you of that. So now Kelsey and Ryan will have to remind you. But I think you could put a note there and you'll be good. Well, I think it's on y'all's end, right? Well, it was weird because when you told me he was echoing, he was muted. So then we unmuted him and then we remuted him. I'm blaming the power outage. Well, I um, (laughs) will just say that when you see me texting in the middle of a show, guys, I'm not being rude. It's because we're having a technical issue that I need to make everybody aware of because sometimes they're not aware. Yes. (laughs) Somehow. If I'm aware, you should be aware, but I don't know if it's going to get fixed. So um, what have we learned, guys? We have learned a lot. That's I'm my mind is still blown about the whole because I truly believe like what you say that if you're more organized, like how I I just am not grasping that. Yeah. How but, can you be have your stuff all over the place and not? I don't know. I'm. I learned a lot. I, I that was crazy. That was crazy. Take time to smell the jasmine. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Take time to smell the jasmine. Also, I love the idea of having that, like, what is that one song that is your yeah. happy song? Oh, That's yeah. your, like your 911 playlist. Oh, yeah. I it, think just taking time, period. And let's get to Jeff. He's dying Jeff. to talk. Well, what Jeff I was gonna is say, dying to no, get no, in no. here. I was going to say, <laughs> she didn't say if you're disorganized. She said if you're not cluttered. So I think that's important. True. Disorganized people are less efficient, but organization doesn't equal a lack of clutter, I think was her point of, you know, if you have, like, let's say someone has piles of paper in their office, someone who's not cluttered might look at that and say, that's disorganized. But to that person, they understand those systems perfectly and their workflow isn't interrupted just because their office looks like that. So it's, so that person is cluttered, but still organized. Disorganized people, the way you get stumbled and tripped up is the inability to find things or get things done. Yeah. So I think she didn't say disorganization does or doesn't help efficiency she was talking about clutter there you go so that would have been a really important distinction to discuss with her because that means that we're right true (laughs) that's what maria wants to know just to make sure yeah i mean no because i still don't i i have observed people over a long period of time i've done my own research and i have found that people who are hot messes work a lot harder And then they tend to hate their boss because they're overworking. And if they just kept a little order around them, they wouldn't be spending so much time looking for shit and stressing about and and not having a system. It's like, Jeff, every time something would go wrong, I'm like, put it on the wall so that we have, you have a checklist. So you don't Mm -hmm. forget these things, right? Mm -hmm. So if I, as as the boss here, right, have to keep saying the same things over and over to people, whether it's you guys or an assistant or somebody else, that's not an effective system, and that's something that's becoming more and more frustrating, right? Right. So if I had to say to Violetta every day, Violetta, you forgot to clean you know, this, or Violetta, you forgot to do this, or Viol- that would not work. That system doesn't work. The right. fact that I don't have to say that is because she has figured out a way, whatever her system is, to make sure everything gets done, right? Yeah. 
And so that's where I think the nuances of people who don't have systems maybe mm-hmm. um, well, are. Well, as a manager, like if someone's underperforming for you or underdelivering, you know that there's a problem. So, so then you're going to look at what could be the problems. Exactly. And to yeah. me, that would be the first thing because it weighs you down. I think like for me, when my desk starts to pile up with shit, I'm like, oh, frig. And it just weighs me down and weighs me down. Then when I go attack it and put everything in its place or shred or get rid of it, I feel a lot better. And then I feel like I can take on new tasks um, and do them effectively. So maybe it's more about strategies, like kind of what we were talking about. And that can lead into our conversation tomorrow with our time management expert. Totally. I'm so excited I'm about excited tomorrow. I'm excited too. I do have to say, you guys, the she talking about her 15-year-old and all her stuff in her room, that resonated with me. My mother, if she's watching, is probably like, that was Kelsey. I had about 142,000 chapsticks, but I knew exactly where every single one was. But I think that comes back to strategy, right? It was yeah. like, to her, that was insane. To me, it was my organized chaos. Yeah. I'm less like that now, a lot less like that. But I still knew I had a strategy. So yeah, that was very interesting. And I know my shadow self hates clutter because I know I am clutter deep down somewhere inside. <laughs> I love the point she brought up, though, of like, if you're working with someone and they're cluttered and it's affecting you, instead of offering it as like, I know that you're wrong or like you have to fix this because you're wrong. Say instead, you know, whether or not this system is working for you, it's, it's challenging for me in my work environment to be so close to this. It would make me a lot happier and I'd perform better if you could just make some adjustments in your workspace. Yeah. And then people will be so much more willing to oblige because people hate being told they're, they're wrong. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I truly believed that I was right about this. So I had to keep asking her. I truly believed. So I would never have seen that perspective. But this is why when you know better, you get better, right? Totally. And this is where there is um, not a lot of forgiveness in our world for people who have a certain set of beliefs and they need to be educated. And so here I am, an ignorant human on my own show, telling Jeff he's got to get his shit together in that office. (laughs) Well, the the truth is there's truth to that as well. Like if there have been times I've been late to get you a paper or whatever, or I have been underperforming or underdelivering, then I do need to make adjustments in here. It's probably like the truth is somewhere in the middle, you know? I feel like we're at like a mini version of Howard Stern's show (laughs) where everyone's a character and like you're like having open discussions about everybody's... (laughs) hilarious well, I you love know, it. we I get love into it. it on the show it's it's all about life and so it's natural that these conversations would happen well without honesty and transparency right like how does anybody else learn right yeah. there anybody who's watching this probably thinks like we've got all our shit together and we're all perfect well no um i couldn't wake myself up this morning because i took a cbd last night what? i got inspired by the karina talk guys i don't know why and i took one and i, I think it really affected me i could not wow. wake up drops maria or was it a no it was a little sour gummy it oh was, the gummy that's right really that's yummy. right you might need a half yeah i don't need it i didn't even need it no, i was so it. tired we yeah. watched one episode of rick and morty it was 10 ish and i'm like kevin i can't watch another i gotta go to bed and guys it was really hard and i almost was like can we just do like a repeat show today <laughs> but since it's your first time in the booth i'm like no we gotta we gotta power along and i will say um you guys are kicking ass um steven is with his family and uh you guys are doing a seamless job so 
kudos. Thank you, Maria. Minus the heart attack I had because of that slight power outage. I think everything's going well. I think everything's (laughs) going well. Um, Thank you guys again for joining us here. I hope that uh, this information is helpful to you. If it is, please help us back by rating, commenting, subscribing. We're trying to break a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please help us get there. And uh, if you love the show, um, take a clip and social it out to your friends. You can just go to my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. We post every day. Um, We'd be so grateful for your support. Like I said, we do this for free every day. It is a lot of work and we love doing it and we want to get it to more people. So if you can help us in that, um, on that mission, that would be wonderful. If you liked today's episode, you might want to check out our episode with Swedish psychologist Katarina Blum. Katarina Blum? It's like Blum. Blum. Yeah. Uh, from May 18th. So check that out. Tomorrow we have Pick the Brain CEO Aaron Falconer, whose book, How to Get Shit Done, was called Inspirational Without Being Intimidating. Uh, so check that out. We'll be here live again tomorrow. Thanks for dealing with our power outage. I think everyone was uh, calm, cool, collected, and I got a bathroom break, which was awesome. Uh, follow us at Maria Menunos, at Gretchen Rubin, at Rye Nilsson, at oh Jeffrey Cranegram, at Kelsmeyer22. And remember, be nice people. Make good choices and be present. Hey, Hill Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.